3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.
4: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon, St. Louis. DGS on KMOX. Happy Friday to you. You ever have one of those weeks that's so bad you just have to laugh? Like my week started off with raking leaves with a snow shovel until I blistered my hands. And looking back, that was the highlight of the week. Oh, no. no. Right? Mm.
1: Not great. It was followed by the paper cut.
4: Paper cut. That was the second best thing that happened to me. (laughs) The paper cut.
1: (laughs) On the blister for those not listening yesterday.
4: It just, I mean, it's not, it's it's Mm. just, it's just a human thing, right? Just happens. It almost feels like someone spins a wheel though. And they're like, oh, Glover. Okay, (laughs) nice. Let's do it. You're up.
0: Yep, he hasn't been through any trials or tribulations <laughs> for a while.
4: Jeez. <laughs> Crazy. Uh oh, Amy and Chris aren't with us today because they quit. So oh. yep, they're gone.
1: They just quit today. Yeah. And then they unquit for
4: well, Chris Monday. quit earlier today. And then Amy's like, Well, if Chris quit, then I'm gonna quit. Yeah. So uh so next week the new midday show will be Andrew and who's your partner?
5: Uh, it is a, uh, a pillow with a smiley face sticker on it. <laughs> and so I will be asking it questions and then it will be responding. Wow. I think you're so smart and handsome. Somebody tells like, me Finally. the pillow is
4: going to get more live endorsements than you. So <laughs> yes, no,
5: the- <laughs> he's doing his like Mr. Hat routine.
4: <laughs> Mr. Hat.
5: The pillow, unfortunately is sold out. Uh, I don't have any clients yet. We'll see.
4: Oh man. I really don't know where to start.
0: It's okay.
4: It's okay. No, we're going to make it through. It's going to be fine.
0: <laughs> I did start the show with a cheer. I was like, we can do it. We can do she, the show. She did.
4: She, did. she did. She's like, we can do it. <laughs> can do Rachel's it. favorite thing to do is to
5: get behind the board and go, well, whole show today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Moment hours. So moments
0: you're saying be- that's not motivating?
5: <laughs> the moments before the, we hit the air. I remember one time you were like, Staring down a whole one today, everybody. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks,
3: Rich. <laughs>
0: I'm just trying to get everybody ready to go. <laughs>
4: it's an insane thing to do for a living. It just is. It's weird. It's the weirdest
0: thing. Just the strangest, weirdest thing. Um, Especially when you've like done a lot at work that day already, and then it's like, oh, now it's time for a four-hour show. <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Not complaining. Just um, saying it's weird.
4: So... We, and I in particular, uh, give a lot of crap to Donald Trump in particular and the GOP in general because they've lost their damned minds. But uh, let's try to be fair here. Let's talk a little bit about, about Hunter Biden. Oh, my. And and Joe, because um, I talked about how organically stupid Trump is yesterday, subintelligent, when he was outside the courtroom going, the appellate court said I won and this judge just won't acknowledge it. You don't need a lot of to know that that isn't the thing in life. It's just not a thing in life. It's like if in a football game uh, you challenged a call and you won, you go like, that's the game. Like, nope. Uh, but it's, it's pretty close to the same thing when after all this Hunter Biden stuff, And now new uh, indictments for the dumbest, most selfish, most how the hell did you ever think you weren't going to get caught behavior ever? And Joe Biden is still saying, I don't think he did anything wrong. I've never been more proud of my son. Look, I've got kids, right? And so far, they haven't been indicted. But (laughs) if, if, and let's just be honest, they're Glovers, when they are, like, I would just, especially if you know they did it, like, does anyone doubt that Hunter Biden spent 11 grand on a hooker for two nights? Nope. Does anyone think that's outside of his character in any way, shape or form? Yeah. So if, if I were Hunter's dad, I would just be like, Hunter, <laughs> like, look, I love him. I'm there for him. But uh, let the process roll out. Not he didn't do anything wrong because just like Trump outside the court, you look stupid. You look like an unintelligent person. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you're also the person in charge. You can't be seen as as trying. And even if you're not intending it, the perception matters. You can't be seen as being a part of it at all. You can't be seen when
4: they're coming after you for impeachment, trying to say that you're a part of it all.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes, on that political level, too. But I mean, you're the president of the United States. You should probably not be commenting on cases that your Justice Department is bringing. Yes. Um, unless you're supporting your Justice Department because they're your Justice Department. Yeah. Now, I get it. You don't run it. You don't get to decide what they do and what they don't. But that's isn't that the whole thing that people are mad about with with you know the way that Trump wanted to do things? Like, my people should look out for me. Well, no, no, they shouldn't. And the guy who's the boss, which is the president of the United States, shouldn't be saying, yep. The Justice Department's wrong. My son didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's your you're, you're you're doing one of two things you're trying to influence or you're undermining
4: the institution. I think it is hyperbolic when the GOP says the Biden crime family. But they're definitely sketchy. Right. I mean, Hunter. Biden's brother, like everyone was definitely riding on old Joe's coattails and uh, minimum, minimum pulling shenanigans, possibly felonies. But again, just like the fact that I have no sacred cows, the fact that I have no allegiance to a party or a religion or a dogma. ...is so freeing.
2: <laughs> I don't
4: have to cover for anyone. <laughs> yep. I don't have to lie. I don't have to twist my logic into a pretzel to nope. make something seem like it's not. I can just go like, yeah, it, it really looks like you guys are up to something. So let the chips fall. How about
1: zooming out? Just a, a short zoom out. I was born in 1971...
4: I wish you just stopped right there and that was your story. That would yeah. been awesome. And that's it. That's the story. How many?
1: How many presidents and their families have not been sketchy in some way, shape, Ooh, or form in that a amount great of question. time? I mean, Richard Nixon, sketchy, sketchy. Ford, nah, nah. All right, so maybe not. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Carter, nah, nah. Reagan,
4: uh, I mean, Iran Contra, yeah, but later, but not yeah. initially, right?
1: No. HW. You like to grab girls' butts. I mean, but also, like, I I don't know if he was so much sketchy as he was, like, he was in everything. Yeah. Like, he's the CIA. CIA Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, spook, yeah. I I think it might, maybe it starts there, even if he's not a quote supervillain. Maybe it starts there because Clinton was sketchy, right? Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a generous (laughs) It depends on on, on what the definition of the word is. is. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, W had a lot of sketch. Even though he may not have always been at the root of it, it was sketch all around him. It was all um contractors and, you know, ideologues that were playing around there. But there was a lot of sketch during that time. Maybe I guess my point is it's been getting sketchier for about thirty years. Well,
5: and you know, the problem I see with Joe, even if he's not even if he's not involved in stuff like his brother and uh, you know, Hunter, he clearly has not been putting a stop to yeah. it. And yeah. he at least yeah.
1: knows that it's happening. Yeah. Maybe he falls in the sketch along with H.W. is that you've been around so long, dude. you got to know the reality. Yeah, you yes. know that you've got to know.
5: You know that they're using your name and your status to make money. Yeah. And now by not putting a stop to it sooner, maybe it's going to get you. Yeah. A bunch. yeah, I'd
1: agree. And that and that is sketchy. Allowing something or not distancing yourself from something from the beginning is the definition of sketch because it then raises questions.
4: So, I mean, Joe Biden is he's on his last leg politically. So he'll either be reelected and that'll be it or he won't be reelected and that'll be it. Right. But if if Joe Biden were my age, this would bother me a lot. Uh, When I say control, I don't mean literally control. But if you can't control your own family, If you can't keep your son from making $11 million over two years from China and Ukraine with no traceable job and you can't keep your brother from funneling money from here to there and just making money off your name. If you can't even control your own family from doing all this stuff, why should I trust you to handle the entire country? (laughs)
3: Right. I mean,
0: I get what you're saying, but like, who among us can control our family? Not to defend him, but like, they're we're talking about grown men who are using the sketchy resources available to them to scam and make money. But
4: they're using him. Like, if you were super, super famous, and we were besties, and you found out that I was trading on your name, you could control me to stop that.
0: Hmm. I. I mean, I could try, but.
4: Yeah, this is good to know. But
5: I also think if he was trying to put a stop to it, then when called by reporters outside of an office or whatever, hey, Hunter, yada, yada, I don't think he would then go, the boy's innocent. He's a pure angel. Yeah, He'd no, go,
0: you're making yeah. a good point. He'd
5: go, yeah, I know he's been doing this for years. I, I love my son, but I wish we could. Maybe we can finally put a, a stop. To I also,
0: wrongdoing.
4: even if I loved my son, and I'm sure he does, uh, if all of this was going on, I wouldn't have him at every event.
0: Yeah, that's always really bothered Ooh, me. Yeah, that, it, it's a just a bad decision. And, you know what, I'll, I take back what I said. Like, I still maintain he can't control what these two other grown men are doing, but he can control his response to it. And his response right, has been to right. prop them up and— legit. He's legitimized Hunter Biden by having him on stage with him and having at state of him and state events and things like that. And I do find that to be pretty inappropriate. I mean, I think there's a difference between being like, yeah, my son has messed up. I still love my son. And then being like what you said, Dave, his response being like, I love my son more than ever. (laughs) You can't tell me nothing about my son. I,
4: I got audited back in 2004 and it was just awful. And I went through the audit. I have been through an IRS audit. And you're sitting at a table uh, with an auditor, and they're going through your return line by line, and it's like, do you, do you have the receipts for this? No. Okay, well, no, you can't do that. How about this? How about that? It's very detailed. It's it's a, a bit mundane, a bit monotonous. You know, there's not a whole lot of, like, you're going to jail kind of thing. It's just It's just accounting. And... <laughs> I love their quote was, I remember their quote was like, he paid for everything but taxes. Yeah. Like millions, millions of dollars for just drugs and hookers and like the craziest stuff. And then writing it off as business expenses. It's bad enough if you are a Hoosier from Kentucky who wins the lottery and you don't know what the hell you're doing, and that's, that's what you do. You spend all your money, and you're like, that's a business experience. But when you are the president's son, you, come on, you have got to be better than that, especially when you're making your money in such a shady way, even if it wasn't illegal. We all know that there's shady and illegal are side-by-side apartments. Yeah, they're
1: very close. They're in the very same (laughs) apartment complex. Right.
0: I also love that his lawyer is saying that if his last name were anything other than Biden, the charges wouldn't be brought. No,
1: I mean, like, I I think there are plenty of people who when they get caught on those types of things, they're charged and they go to jail or they end up doing whatever. I mean, like,
5: we just wouldn't hear about it. Yeah,
0: and even if that were true, even if it were like oh, uh, he's a normal guy, so we'll just let him avoid paying <laughs> I'm tax. a normal like, guy, and I got audited. That's not good. It's not a good thing <laughs> right. that he wouldn't normally be well, charged.
1: Also, like on a, just on, not on the, the level of accusations or anything like that, not talking about the amount of proof, just conceptually, that is the exact same argument that Trump makes. Ah, it's just a witch hunt. They're just yeah. coming at me because I'm Trump. As opposed to they're coming at me because I did bad things or yeah. I did the wrong thing. Or at least there's some question about whether those things were right or wrong, right? I mean, that's where we are. These two ideas should be handled from a, the same logical position. There are people who are charged with investigating these types of things. Yeah, They are professionals. This is what they do. They have found enough evidence to proceed with the legal, through the legal system. That gets to play out. We don't get to say, well, there, well, you can say what you want, but we shouldn't believe it when it's Hunter Biden's lawyer and we shouldn't believe it when it's Trump. Th- let it play out because we, we always assign how we see the world to how others act, right? So we see the world through these political lenses, which means those prosecutors do too and those FBI people do too.
4: Well, you know how <clears throat> on a personal level, we've all gotten on the scale and you're like, oh, this is trouble. Or you haven't had sex in six months with your spouse. You're like, we we should we need to do something. As a country, we're looking at a very real possibility that one of the presidential candidates, a former president, could go to jail for felonies, and the other presidential candidate, currently the president's son, could go to jail for felonies. That isn't made up. That isn't hyperbole. That isn't like psycho shock jock stuff. That those are both absolute possibilities, and I would argue probabilities. With 91 counts against Trump, he's probably, unless he can stall it out and pardon himself, he's probably going to get convicted of one of these things. And just the little bit I've seen about Hunter Biden, if if half of it's true, he should go to jail. I don't think people should be put in jail for tax stuff 90% of the time. Why? Because the tax code's like 10,000 pages long. And F you for making it like that. Because it shouldn't be that complicated, and it's easy to make mistakes. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about someone who allegedly spent all this money on completely frivolous, selfish things, and then said it was business expenses. Those kind of people need to be punished.
1: I would argue that we need to be way harder on people at that level than we are. and and I'm talking about uh, CEOs that do price fixing. Yeah, i am talking make an about eighty
4: grand a year yeah, who who uh, writes off a home office or something like that. Okay, make them pay the money back. right. But come on.
1: but I mean, we're talking about people at a high level. and we we should be putting way more of those people. I mean, uh, we won't we may get to it later, but you saw the big chicken and tuna companies have just been found guilty of price fixing so that they could maximize profits. Broke my heart. Go to jail and people will stop doing those things. Yeah. We always talk about deterrence for like murder. You know, these are crazy people. Crazy people are not going to be deterred. You know who will be? CEOs and lawyers and business people.
4: Charlie Tuna and the Colonel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 125 DGS. Happy Friday. Woman enters an MRI machine with a gun and shoots herself in the butt. But, hmm. Okay. I've never had an MRI. You but, can't have metal. Well, I know that, but I would think that the part of the tech's job would be to make sure you don't have a gun. Yeah. Right. I mean, or any. I mean, yeah, right. Any metal. Yeah, you're not supposed like if you like got shot as a kid with a pellet and it's in your body, like they want to know that so it doesn't rip out. How the hell do you let someone get into an MRI with a gun?
0: Yeah, wouldn't they be in a hospital gown?
4: You'd think. Uh, I'm trying
1: to remember when I did this. It was a long time ago. I can't remember exactly. I don't think I had to wear that. I think I, w- I just wore clothes, but I had to, like, take the mm. belt off and stuff like
0: that. Maybe it was a situation like we had at the the baseball game this past season where someone had their gun tucked away in their tummy. Yeah. Remember that oh. the lady who oh, shot yeah. herself? I forget yes. what franchise though, that was. That was the White Sox. It? Okay.
4: It was in the Folds.
0: Maybe it was something like that.
4: Yeah. I love, I love the coverage of this story. Journalism at its best. Um, according to reports, the woman was screened prior to the exam and explicitly said no when asked if she was carrying any firearms. Hmm. It's unknown if she had a permit. Well, that's <laughs> the salient point. Hold
0: on. Did you have a permit?
4: <laughs> yeah. Wait, so a your permit. screening process is we're just going to
5: ask you? Right. Oh, that firearm. Oh, I'm sorry. I you—I didn't know you meant that
0: one. I didn't know you meant a gun when you said firearm.
5: <laughs> I was like, no. I got, <laughs> Is that arm, what a
0: gun's called?
5: Arms are actually kind of cold now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a firearm. What
4: are you talking about?
2: Mm.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have 30 seconds until my live. Someone fill it for me. <laughs> there's, a, a, there's a horse outside, and
5: people are stopping their cars to get out and look at it. W- was he alone? No, there's a guy riding the horse, but... Uh, <laughs> Do you see it, Wheels? Or has oh. it moved? Okay, it must It must be like right over that way. <laughs> what
4: kind of guy? Like I, a cowboy?
5: Well, I think it might have been a cop, but it was just like a guy in a button-down shirt, and he was just like <laughs> riding on a horse, and nice. people were- I think he just made that up to fill
4: 30 no, seconds. How many, <laughs> How many charged Panera Lemonades have you had? <laughs> Five, and there were <laughs> people getting out There's of their cars. Horsey.
5: To look at the horse as it walks by him. And I, I'm, i like, standing up in here, like,
4: horse. I grew up around horses, and one of my first illegal jobs was taking care of horses, being like a groomsman, mm-hmm. and, uh, and like, shoveling horse crap. And horses are overrated. Horses <laughs> are giant and mean, and I apologize to horse people, but, man, they're, not, they're scary. They're not nice,
5: and no. they're really dangerous. Really scary. I like them.
0: I like them, too.
4: I like to look at them from a, a safe distance. You, ever, you like, ever worked with them? Ah, no. I worked with a couple of Mr. Donut. Okay. I've worked with some horse's asses. They make
1: a
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as
2: picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces
0: of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your
4: 135 DGS. So uh, the president of uh, University of Pennsylvania, Harvard, I think a couple others were in front of Congress this week and talking about the anti-Semitism on their campuses and really, really interesting back and forths. Uh, 95% of the time I take the side of the person testifying and not the Congress people because they, I just, I don't, I usually just, I'm not fans of them. Uh, but I thought that, uh, that, that this representative did a pretty good job of this. Let's go ahead and play the sound here.
2: Which one is this, Andrew? Uh,
4: the second one here. I'll hit it.
2: Okay. At Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment, yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes.
4: Wow. I know. Then there was another one. Do we have the other one, too? Uh, that's the only one that I got. That was the big one that was. There's a, another one. Uh, I believe the the Harvard lady, the African-American woman. Uh, same thing. And they, it's an opinion. Uh, but I thought they both seemed very smug in their answers. Like, well, I'm from Penn. And you don't understand context. And I don't like Stefanik much, but she's got a point there. That uh, is there another group if if there was a group on campus saying we should wipe out all African-Americans, all black people should be killed. Would you need them to take a step of conduct toward that before you said this violates our code of ethics? I don't think so. And I don't think you should. It's really I don't think that you have to be completely pro-Israel or completely anti-Palestine or something, uh, to, to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time and say, this, this really smacks of academic elitism, being completely unaware, overthinking it. It's not that difficult of a question. You're talking about calling for the genocide of a people. If that's not against your rules, I think you should change your rules. But it
1: is because we know it. You can't do that kind of thing on any, towards anybody. Could you imagine a group of 50 college guys standing in the middle of campus and screaming in that way, even if they weren't saying genocide, they, genocidal things, even if they were just being jerks? Could you imagine if they were doing that, harassing every woman that walked by? How fast would that end? How fast would they be thrown? I mean, that's the point. It's not... Yes, the words matter and ask calling for genocide is a big deal. And whether it's the, the root of that is actual amp- anti-Semitism or just stupidity doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're a college campus. you're not it's not a government. The government cannot stop you from saying those things out on a street corner. Your college administration can. I'm looking at Penn's student code of conduct right now and it's there's a, there's a part of it that says that you have to respect the health and safety of others. This precludes acts of or threats of physical violence against another person and, quote, disorderly conduct. How is it not disorderly conduct to be harassing other students because of what religion they are? And by the way, I feel the exact same way if it was Christians or Jewish people or atheists bullying Muslims. It's the same idea. You don't get to do that, and you certainly don't get to Use that You know, t- speak in genocidal terms.
0: Yeah, we're living in a really weird time where uh, several groups of people seem to be making excuses for genocide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whether or not it's, you know, it's it's just like it's a yes or no thing. Is it good or is it bad? I think it's bad. I, I'm willing to go on here and say I think it's bad if it's happening to anyone anywhere. Um, but if you have to waffle on that question and start making excuses, I think it's time to do a little... Soul searching because you have lost the thread when it comes to being a human being. It's
4: been a bad, a bad year for Ivy League. Just a really bad year for Ivy League. They've lost so much money. They've lost so much respect, so much of the admiration and so much of the what's the word I'm looking for? Just the the glow, the the oh, my God, it's Harvard, it's Cornell, it's UPenn. They're just people. It's yeah. just it's just buildings full of people,
1: mm-hmm. and, and I think the the elite part of that is has never been the leadership of the universities. It's never been the presidents. It's the people that are doing the groundbreaking work, whether it's the great law instructors or whether it's the scientists on campus or the brilliant students that are coming up on ideas. And the problem is that this comes to me. This is all about at least the way this comes across. And you you hit on it a little bit, Dave, with the the, the demeanor of the college presidents. This is just their arrogance. Their arrogance is biting them in their asses because they're not used to being called out. They're not used to being put on the spot, and they're used to basically having that shield. Oh, we're the Ivy League. Well, no, you don't get the shield. And and every one of these presidents has now in the last couple of days tried to walk it back with yes. statements that they're releasing. So just this is, this is from Harvard president Claudine Gay. Uh, She said, let me be clear, calls for violence or genocide against the Jewish community or any religious or ethnic group are vile. They have no place at Harvard and they threaten our Jewish and and those who threaten our Jewish students will be held to account. Why didn't you just say that? Why did you need days to go back and rewrite it? You could have just said, yes, that conduct is unacceptable at Harvard.
4: We this this kind of thing drives me crazy. We have all said things in the heat of a moment with a spouse, with a friend, with a coworker on the air that we it's really not us. Our temper got the best of us. We got over our skis. That to me is a, you know what? I'm sorry. I really misspoke. <laughs> when you're in front of Congress, you prepared this you have everything written down. <laughs> you knew what the line of question was going to be plenty too. Plenty of time to answer. You were given multiple chances, and so then when you come back the very next day, after after you realize how bad it's going for you, and you completely reverse it, it's the whole like that's not that's not who I am. No, that's exactly who you are. We all. It's one of the things that I've been sort of preaching, or at, at least just talking about in my quarter of a century on the air is we all see it. We all know it, right? We're not stupid. Uh, we know the difference between, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Wheels. That, I should have never said that. I apologize. And here's my opinion. Here's my well-thought-out opinion, which I have plenty of time to give you. And uh, nope, I'm given plenty of chances to take it back. But no, this is what I believe. And this is, yep. And then people go like, you're a monster. And the next day, that's not me at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's convenient. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Why do you think that there was the hesitation?
0: My guess is that This person felt like if they gave up any ground, then Stefanik would try to back her into a corner and say, you shouldn't allow these kind of protests, period, because people are certain people are calling for genocide. So you need to shut this down completely. My guess is that she was trying to avoid being backed into that corner.
4: I think it's two things. I think it's unpopular right now in higher education to uh, support Israel. I think it's also... uh, very important to them to be absolute free speech people when it suits them. And that's what it smacks up to me, where it's, you know, is, is calling for genocide against the, the, the rules of Penn or Harvard. And then it's like, well, this isn't what they said, but I'm, I'm just translating what I think is in their brain. Calling for is just a thought and speech. And you, in a university, you should be able to express yourself and express uh, unpopular opinions. But then if you take a step toward it, now you're acting on it, and that's when it becomes conduct. Well, free speech, that's not what free speech is. Free speech is being able to say something and not have the government of the United States uh, put you in jail. That's what free speech is. Exactly. And so uh, I think that's what it is. I think they're trying to be to walk that line of absolute free speech people when it suits them for their cause. As we've said, if someone were going after LGBT or African-Americans or, or, or groups who they support, I don't think it would be the same thing. And, and let's be honest, we're all a bit like that. We all sure, have our little sure. pet groups we like and groups we don't like, and we tend to bend the rules based on who they are. But this is this is this is pretty stark. This is, this is pretty obvious.
1: I always wonder, and I maybe I'm wrong and maybe there's no angle on this when it comes to this, but I always wonder how much um, the fear of lawsuits plays into those types of things. That If you stifle their speech, they'll try to file a lawsuit against you for civil rights, something or other. And again, I don't know the law. I don't know if that's even a thing. But I always think that when I think about what CEOs, what college presidents, what people in these leadership positions are doing, because the only thing they all really ever care about is maintaining status and money. That's what they show with their actions over time. And I, I don't know that to be a concern here because, I, again, I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated in the law, but it's always one of my first instincts is to be like, I wonder how much they're just worried about being sued. Yeah.
4: 152 DGS coming up at the top of the hour. I talk about uh, Blue Tail Medical Group all the time, and specifically my friend Dr. David Crane. And he will be live in studio to finally do a good job of describing what uh, stem cell therapy is. Did anyone else watch any of the victim impact statements this morning about the Michigan shooter? Uh, the kid who was, I think, 15 when he killed four of his fellow students. Uh, I watched uh, a couple of my watch specifically the dad in the hoodie, and it it just tore me up. It just absolutely tore me up. Um, just talking about how since losing his son, uh, every minute of every hour of every day is just misery, and you we we you can imagine that. You know, I have friends who've lost uh young children to cancer and that's bad enough but losing a child to something as avoidable and ridiculously stupid as a school shooting i know when uh, my i lost my brother's suicide in 2002 and uh he he took his own life 6 months after my dad died of alzheimer's My dad was 76. I wish he would have lived another 20 years, but he didn't. He died of Alzheimer's, but it was a natural death. And you can heal that wound. Uh, Losing my brother from suicide will never heal because it's so unnatural. And this has to be that times 100. So this kid who's now, I guess, 17 or something like that, uh, even though he was 15 at the time, has the chance of getting life without any chance of parole. How do you how does that hit you guys?
0: I mean, he took the lives of, was it four people? Four people. That's fine with me. Me too. Yeah. Lock him up. I mean. I don't even hesitate.
1: No, you, mm-hmm. you can you can talk about the causes and try to, to handle that in other cases, but your actions have consequences. Yeah. When your actions cost other people their lives and it was done with intent like that, sorry, you don't get to be with the rest of us. And by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm. Also, there should clearly continue. I know his parents are being charged, but this is another part of this to me, is if you're enabling that kind of behavior, and in this case, weren't they? wasn't the accusation they bought him the gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, guess what? You're part of it. You're an accessory. You get charged, too. If you want people to be care- more careful with their kids, well, maybe maybe consequences for actions can help with with the people that are in their right minds, because I think that's the problem. The shooters are in some way messed up. So the protections around them need to be better. They still need to be punished for their actions. We can't just let it go and be like, oh, well, you know, had problems. Can't do that. But it's the it's it's the rest of us around them that also allow and enable the behavior that ends up leading into a tragedy like this.
4: The uh, the shooter at UNLV turns out to be a 67 year old professor who uh, he just sounds like a weirdo. Uh, They've they've now found lots of his writings and postings and he knows who the Zodiac Killer is. And he knew he knew what happened to Flight 370 and all this kind of stuff. And so many times it's it's in hindsight. Right. Uh, But again, just the randomness of life and the violence uh, of life. What I want to say is I'm not sure there's ever been a time in history. There's certainly been more violent times. But I'm not sure there's ever been a time in history that the the connection, the Venn diagram of random and violent and nonsensical exist. Right. Just this pissed off old professor who couldn't get hired uh, in Las Vegas, this city he loved. And uh, so he goes out and buys a Taurus and takes 11 magazines with him and has a list of who to kill. <sighs> <sighs> These poor people, they're just doing their job. Yeah. They're saying no to you because you're a freak. They're saying no to you because they don't want to hire you because they don't want you around yeah. the students. And,
0: and when we talk about the mental health aspect of it, like Kevin said, obviously there's something truly wrong with this person. But how do you address the intense selfishness that comes with, since I'm not getting what I feel like I deserve, I now need to take other people's lives how do you address that in the first place? Yeah. Even if you can find it before it's going to happen, if mm-hmm. you can pick it out before it goes down, how on earth do you prevent that? It just feels hopeless.
4: It's just chilling how many people there are out there right now.
1: And, and the part that's getting worse, I think, Dave, that leads to this randomness that you're talking about, um, is that there's so much bad information available. This guy was all over every conspiracy theory. This guy was all over QAnon. He listened to Alex Jones. When when you take that mind that's troubled
4: and feed it and bull crap. feed it,
1: yes. And then you feed it nothing but lies and BS because someone else is making money by yep. doing it. That leads to a lot of this randomness we're talking about.
4: Yeah, I don't believe in hell, but I would almost wish there was one just for Alex Jones. Just someone who is the worst kind of person so that he can sell